Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. How are all my listeners out there in podcast land doing? I haven't heard from some of you in a while. Maybe it's my sporadic podcast posting? Mm, no, I don't think I could be the problem. <laughs> but as always, feel free to send me any questions, comments, concerns, well wishes, whatever. All my socials are over on my website, evilqueensf.com. And that reminds me, after almost three years of doing this podcast, I still don't have a name from my followers. I guess I'm just too picky, because it's not like I haven't received quite a few name ideas from followers, but I still haven't found the one, you know, the one. If you think you have the best nickname idea for the fans of the Reflections of Darkness podcast, please feel free to send them to me. Well, enough of that. I think it's time we get into tonight's main feature, don't you? Tonight I am reviewing The Blob from 1988. Enjoy. Tonight I am reviewing The Blob from 1988, directed by Chuck Russell, who also directed another 80s classic, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Now, this has a tri-star opening with that white-winged horse, which reminds me of my childhood so much. Hashtag Raised by TV. Mm. We get a great opening shot from space, down through the clouds to a small, seemingly deserted town. Through the town, through the graveyard, to the high school, where apparently everybody is watching the football game. The jocks talking about the girls, then Paul, the football player, gets tackled and asks out Meg, the cheerleader. You know, all 80s fun. Cut to what I'm guessing is the town rebel in his motorcycle jacket and his mullet about to attempt to jump this broken bridge thing. I'm sure this won't come up later in the movie. And he bails right before and falls in the ditch, all the while being watched by this homeless old man and his dog. (laughs) Cut to the small town diner with the sheriff and the waitress. And the sheriff trying to ask her out, and she's not really feeling it, but uh, he still gives her his card and he reads his bill, and it says she's off at 11. And that's a very sweet little scene. Now that the game is over, the town is super busy. I guess small towns are like that. Then we get a little interaction with the town rebel, Flag. Yes, I said Flag with an L. And Sheriff. Flag? Congratulations. For what? Well, I hear you have a birthday coming up. No more Juvie Hall, right? Yeah, right. Now you mess up now. And you're in the majors. I'll see you around, Flag. Apparently he's a bad boy. You know how you can tell? Because he has a mullet. <laughs> then we get a little exposition about how it's barely snowed in the last two years, and I'm sure that won't come into play either. <laughs> Cut to the old man and the dog out in the woods, and he sees a meteor crash. So what does he do? Well, of course he goes to see it. What else would you do? Then we get that weird scene in the drugstore with the priest, the football player, and the condoms. (laughs) Uh, Look, pal, give me a pack of Trojans and a Banaka spray. Scott Jeske. Reverend, good game today. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Reverend. How are you? 
Well, hay fever's acting up a little bit, but I'll live. Yeah. I haven't seen you at the Sunday services lately. Oh, you want yeah, the well, ribs? Or the regular? Ribs? I, I guess. It, they're, they're not for me, you know? They're for my friend. Oh. There's this, this, this sort of naive girl that he's planning on, uh, well, you know. And uh, I, I, I insisted that he take precautions. <laughs> Why doesn't he pay for them? I had to drag him down here as it is. I mean, the guy is totally irresponsible. Hey, come on, Scott. What's the holdup? I can't keep this girl waiting. Boy doesn't need condoms. He needs a muzzle. Cut back to the meteor crash site, and the old man, of course, sees bubbling goo. And what does he do? Well, he pokes it with a stick. And, of course, it attaches itself to his hand. Hard cut to two kids at the dinner table eating Jell-O. Aw, Jell-O, 80s. Talking about horror movies, turns out that this is Meg the cheerleader's house and Paul the football player shows up. Also, I love in this movie that they keep saying it's hot outside and it's October and there's no snow, but everyone is in leather jackets, letterman jackets, cashmere sweaters, long sleeve shirts, layers. I mean, come on, if it's supposed to be hot, act like it's hot. Act. You're acting. Ugh. Anyway, the cheerleader introduces the football player to her dad. And of course it's the guy who sold the condoms to his friend. And all the dad can say is, ribbed. <laughs> it's a very funny scene. Ooh, now we are in the spooky woods with Flag fixing his bike. The lighting in this movie is so far pretty good. Then jump scare of the old man with an axe trying to cut off his own hand, which he should have done. Then he runs out into the road, and who hits him? Of course the football player and the cheerleader. I mean, come on I know what you did last summer vibes. They get the old man to the hospital, but the nurse uh, at the front desk is being a pain. But they get the old man in, flag leaves, while the football player and the cheerleader fill out the paperwork. The football player goes to get a soda, something diet, and sees the old man, looking awful, missing half of his body while the football player is calling for help. The blob that was on the ceiling drops right on him, and this scene is epic. And then the cheerleader comes in and grabs his arm to try to save him and it just rips right off. I mean, it is such an amazing scene. The effects are so good. Still so good. Oh, I'm getting the vapors. Uh, the cops show up and of course don't believe the cheerleader woman and obviously suspect Flag Rebel. And one note here, the deputy played by Paul Crane is so cute. I mean, come on, little ginger with a mustache and a cop outfit. Ah, oh, I'm in all day. Anyway, they obviously suspect Flag, the town bad boy, so they have him picked up. Then we cut to one of the best, worst scenes. <laughs> you got the condom jock from before in the car with his girl, getting her drunk drunk. And his trunk is an alcoholic's dream. And then we see something, point of view, sneaking into the car while he makes the drinks in the back. When he gets back into the car with the drinks, he thinks his girl is passed out. So what does he do? Well, of course he takes her right home, of course. <laughs> no. He starts the date rape dance, but the blob has other ideas, and they are both dinner. It's an amazing kill, and that girl's face, oh, so good. Mm. So after the blob is done with them, he goes into the sewer towards town. Cut to the sheriff's office, the cops trying to intimidate Flag, and Flag licks the cute ginger's face because he's being a dick. Then they have to let him go because there's no evidence to keep him. But who was outside with bail money? Well, Meg the cheerleader, of course. <laughs> so Flag blows her off to go to the diner. And as the cheerleader tries to get Flag to help her, but he doesn't know what's happening either. 
So she blows up at him and he softens. Aww. Cut to the diner and the waitress takes the dishes to the back and notices the sink is stopped up and the dishwasher guy with the hairnet tries to bl- plunge it. And so he sticks his hand in and then it's grabbed by the head and pulled into the drain. And that kill is everything. If I had been in the movie theaters when this came out, it would have freaked my shit out. I love it. So then the blob emerges and sticks to the ceiling. And it is huge now. So Flag and the cheerleader hide in the freezer. And the blob tries to come in, but it doesn't like the cold. And the waitress escapes out the other way and runs to a phone booth. Oh, a phone booth, for those of you who don't know, is this box they used to have on the street that had phones in them that you could make calls while you were out. Anyway, she's in the phone booth making a call on the payphone. Oh, the payphone is... Uh, just Google it. (laughs) Anyway, while she's making the call, the blob covers the phone booth and crushes it after she sees someone in the goo with a badge. Was it the sheriff or was it the cute deputy? I don't know. So she's toast. We cut to the priest who's walking down the street and he sees the blob in the alleyway going into the sewer. He enters the diner to see if anyone is hurt. And in the freezer, he sees frozen little pieces of blob, which he picks up and puts in a little glass jar. For later, I don't know, snack. Cut to the sheriff's department and the poor switchboard operator who can't find anyone and the phone just keeps ringing. So Flag and Meg go off to find the deputy in the woods and they find his car, but not him. So of course they go deeper into the woods to find him. Ooh, cue the X-Files theme music. There's bright lights and wind and trees. But no, it's just a bunch of government scientists in spacesuits, of course. (laughs) Then we get a little backstory from the head scientist. What is going on over there? That's the source of our worries. A troublesome souvenir from space. What? A meteorite. Don't get too close. There's danger of contamination. I don't understand. Let me tell you a story. The dinosaurs ruled our planet for millions of years. And yet they died out almost overnight. Why? The evidence suggests that a meteor fell to Earth bearing an alien bacteria. Plague? Is that what this whole thing is about? Prevention. And you think this meteor brought some kind of a killer germ? It's something I've expected and prepared for all my life. Well, your meteor brought something, all right. But if it's a germ, it's the biggest son of a bitch you've ever seen. Cut to the two kids from earlier in the movie theater watching the slasher. Uh, and who's in the production booth, but the creep from Elvira Mistress the Dark. And something seems to be blocking the AC because he is hot up there. So obviously he sticks his head in the vent. And who's waiting in the vent for him? But the blob. So of course he gets stuck on the ceiling while he's being devoured. And the other movie theater worker comes up there, gets snatched up too. Then we cut back to Flag and Meg getting an unwanted van ride from the scientists. They're kind of prisoners? Patients? Prisoners? I don't know. But Flag wants out. It's locked. So what? Brian, what is with you? You're acting like a complete jerk. I have a problem with authority figures. What are you doing? I think we ought to get out of here. We ought to take my bike and blow this town. It's getting a little thick around here, don't you think? That's crazy. These people are here to help us. Come on, Meg. We don't even know who they are. NASA, CIA, the Royal Canadian Mounties. All I know is I saw a bunch of unmarked trucks. I think this whole thing stinks. Well, we can't just run out. Let's just think of it as looking out for our best interests, huh? You coming? 
Brian, I have to go back. My family's there, people that I care about. I'm going. If you're smart, you'll come with me. Then go. Take care of yourself. It's the only thing you're really good at, isn't it? No one else ever volunteered for the job. So the town is now under quarantine, officially. And we cut back to the movie theater, and the blob is huge, taking over, and it's awesome. Everybody's running out while the cheerleader is looking for her little brother. They barely escape, and they have to duck into the sewer to get away. We cut back to Flag in the woods, checking out what the scientists are doing, and he finds out the truth. I suspected that conditions in space would have a mutating effect on bacteria, but this... Its activity must be what through the satellite out of orbit. Correct. Our little experimental virus seems to have grown up into a plasmic life form that hunts its prey. A predator is fantastic. Sir, the organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. This will put U.S. defense years ahead of the Russians. You don't understand. At this rate, by next week, there may be no U.S. Nonsense. All we have to do is contain it properly. As far as the locals are concerned, this is simply a medical quarantine. Nobody gets in or out. So of course it was the government screw-up, and Flag escapes to go help the town, or at least Meg. Oh, here comes the jumping the bridge callback scene. This time he makes it, of course, and he flips them off while riding away. And he finds a huge drain pipe and I guess goes in? I mean, haven't you seen it? Don't go in there. Oh well, he's on a motorcycle, he'll be fine. Cut to Meg and the two kids going through the sewer while the blob slowly picks off rats one by one. Then he grabs one of the boys, and Meg dives in after him, but the but he's toast. And that's rare when they actually kill a kid in the movies. Oh well, bye. <laughs> so they're climbing out as the blob gets distracted by some soldiers that are shooting at it, just as Meg falls back in the water. But she escapes from the sewer just as Flag gets there to help. And with his trusty bike, they narrowly escape. But then the bike crabs out, and they come up on one of the scientists, and they all leave. As they get to the manhole, the head scientist above ground seals them in. So Flag uses a bazooka, luckily the scientist had a bazooka, to open the manhole cover, and they escape. And then there's a standoff between Flag, the deputy who's still alive, yay, and the government. So Flag tells the truth that the blob is man-made, but the blob grabs the head scientist, Bye. Then they try to blow it up, but that did nothing but piss it off. And then it explodes up out of the ground, killing a bunch of the scientists. And then it starts oozing up the street towards all the people. They use a flamethrower on it, but that does nothing but backfire. <laughs> then Meg figures out it doesn't like the cold with a fire extinguisher. She's so smart for a cheerleader. Cut to flag driving a huge freezer truck snowmaking thing. Callback. In the process, the cute ginger Jeopardy gets folded in half the wrong way. Aw, bye-bye, cutie pie. Flag gets there and starts blowing snow on the creature, but the truck gets flipped, so Meg grabs a gun and explosives and shoots the blob till it comes over to the snow tank, sets the explosives, and the blob gets ice exploded into a bunch of pretty purple crystals. Aw, and it's snowing, and Flag and Meg hug. Cut to some time later, in a tent religious sermon thing, and the burnt-up preacher from earlier has gone completely nuts. And after his little sermon, he goes back into the back of the tent and has a shot of something and then tells someone the day of reckoning will be soon as he lifts his little jar with a baby blob in it. Oh, so good. The end. It's a great remake. It has a great storyline that's not exactly like the original or like Son of Blob, which was 
kind of awful. But it it's updated and it really feels like something that could happen. Definitely an eight and a half out of ten trunk bars. <laughs> well, that was the blob from 1988. What a good remake from the original 58 version. I don't think we can really count the 1972 version, because it was out there. Way out there. Not that it's not entertaining, I mean, in its own way, but the 88 remake is far superior to either. I wonder if there are any plans to remake it or continue the story. I mean, the ending of this one left it wide open for a sequel, right? Well, if they do make a remake or continuation, I do hope it's not all CGI blob, because those practical effects are everything. (laughs) Well, I think that's enough blob talk for tonight. Don't forget to message me with any nickname ideas you have for the podcast fans. And all my information is over at evilqueensf.com. As always, keep watching scary movies. Sure, I just want you to meet my dad really quick. It'll just take a second. Sure. Daddy, I'd like you to meet my friend Paul. 